Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the live stream Sunday School for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church, Akron, Ohio. I'm Melvin Gaines. Thanks for being here this morning. We're going to go ahead and get started with our music selection from the praise team while we allow other individuals to get on with us. Uh, please listen to and enjoy uh, Trust in You, which is the radio edit version by Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. Thanks for being here this morning. Uh, love having you. Uh, praise the Lord, and uh, let's go ahead and play some music. Good morning, Ronnie. God bless you. sunny day. Amen. It's a good day to enjoy if you can get out. A little breezy though. Hey Bev, good morning. Thanks for being here. God bless you. Today is a new day in the Lord. Amen. Brother Nate, good morning. I know it's early there. God bless you, brother. Hi, Laura. Good morning. Praise the Lord for you. Good to see you. You're online. Nate, I don't know if Marnell is with you or not. I'm guessing she is. Good morning. <clears throat> amen, amen. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. Roscoe, good morning. And yes, sir, we're outside today. Lisa Stallworth Johnson, good morning, good morning, good morning. Thanks for being here. <laughs> you know what I meant, didn't you? <laughs> A beautiful day in the Lord today. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Marnell. It is very early. It is 6.33 a.m., <laughs> Good morning, Arlen. 
you for your dedication for getting up so early. Unless you get up in the middle of the night like some of us do. <laughs> Amen. 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 Trust that the Lord has a plan for you in your life. He absolutely has a plan for your life. Amen. 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 Okay, we're going to we'll stop that. Yeah, I know. That's because it's an advertisement that comes out right even catch it in time. Hang on one second. Oh, my. That's the only thing about Spotify. They're going to want me to try and get a subscription so that I won't have to do those things. Okay. Well, thank you for your patience while allowing me to do that. Of course, we'll have that in a regular session, but we'll edit that out in the other side. <laughs> Future postings. Um, Charles and Joanna, good morning. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I know that, um, <clears throat> Judy, good morning. Thanks for being here this morning, too. We um, have a, a few announcements here just to make sure. I want to make sure I give credit to the for the song. Trust in You, the version by Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. It's a beautiful song. Thank you, Arlen, for that selection. Uh, we do not own the rights to this music, and uh, Facebook tries to pull a fast one, we'll get them. Uh, well, they'll get me, but we'll, we'll, we'll work with that. But I, I appreciate you doing that, uh, Arlen. We, you never know what to expect anymore because they change so many things. But be that as it may, let's not dwell on that. Let's dwell on the Lord right now and dwell on some announcements here. Uh, Pastor Gus has a message that he will be giving today and during the outdoor drive-in worship service. We're... It's a drive-in worship service, as in you're not going indoors. We're going to be outside today. Uh, the weather, uh, for those of you in Akron who are in, planning to go, dress accordingly. It will be in the low to mid-70s, but it's going to be breezy. 15-mile-an-hour winds gusting to close to 30. So when you hear that, the first thing I think about as an allergy person is like, oh, well, you can always sit in your car if you want to try to avoid some of that extra wind. We do recommend taking lawn chairs if that stuff doesn't bother you you can do that uh just keep that in mind though it's going to be a little bit breezy today i was uh, wrestling about doing an outdoor broadcast today but because of the wind it, it really makes it hard to uh get information across and i remember listening to a couple of other messages from last year and we had not just wind issues uh, if it was severe wind or or if it was, even if there was weather we had sirens we had all kinds of stuff going on it was really bizarre as a way for Satan just to kind of get in the way of, of our, our broadcast. So for that reason, Pastor Gus has a message online that is available for you to look at, which is a great message. God's blessings come from dreams and visions. And it's a great message. I highly recommend that you stop uh, what you're doing after Sunday school. And if you cannot come to see us at, in Akron to look at his message, uh, it's a very timely message. 
uh, for people who, uh, frankly, sometimes get stuck in the past and need to focus on really what's going on in the present and what's going on in the future because you can't change what happens in the past. Amen? Remember your tithes and offerings. We um, uh, want to always remind people about the address for mailing your tithes and offerings to Akron Alliance, 688 Diagonal Road in Akron, Ohio, 44320. Uh, so please keep that in mind. And outside today for those coming to church, uh, the tithe and offering box should be available for your deposit at 1045 a.m. And I did want to mention, too, um, you masks are less of a requirement when we're outside, but if we are in close contact with others, we do recommend that you use a mask for that reason. I'm going to make sure I mention that because I don't want uh, people to forget about that. We're still doing, um, well, we're still doing the social distancing thing for, for purposes of that, but we, as we re- recognize that some people have already had a vaccine and, and that type of thing, we, we just want to make sure that we're clear, though, as far as what is required uh, so that there's no misunderstanding. Okay, and so we, again, a reminder, too, that if you're not coming to church, you can watch the press Pastor Gus's message online to make sure that you take it in all the word, uh, the wonderful word that he has to provide today as well, too. It is a glorious day in the Lord, amen? And it really is important for us to understand and, and, and know the purpose of uh, why we're here, what God is going to have us to do. And no matter how long you're here, uh, whether you're uh, myself or Miss Laura will tell you the same thing. Miss Laura has a purpose here too. She's uh, she's not done yet, amen? And so there's we. And as long as you're not done, you still have a purpose. So uh, please keep that in mind as we... Uh, have further discussions about this now and in the future. We are going into a new study today. We are going into the book of Titus. Uh, And it's a study that I haven't done for, it's been a long time. I mentioned before about uh, the first Bible study that I had done uh, was for a group of junior high school kids, and we covered the books 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. And I'm actually revisiting that right now by going into Titus again for the first time in a long time. So first, uh, Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 is what we'll be covering today. And we're going to cover that and cover the, the verses that it's going to be mostly an introduction. And it's going to be talking about what Titus's task is uh, very quickly. But there's much more to cover here. But with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and get started with Sunday School. We, we have... Um, I think we've covered all the announcements we need to cover. Uh, remain prayerful for um, people that uh, have come to my attention. Uh, remembering Jasper, please pray for Jasper and his health as well, too. Um, please pray for Simona, Simona Black, who has been hospitalized. She's and she's home now, but she was she had all kinds of stuff she was dealing with uh, health-wise. So keep her in prayer for an ongoing recovery there, too. Um, interestingly enough, uh, neither one of those things has to do with COVID. Um, that's just the way it is. You know, health issues just uh, happen. Um, and please remember, of course, um, Chris Morgan. Uh, I, I do not know if he's still in the hospital or not. I'm gonna, he may be heading home, if, if, for all I know. So we'll try to find that out for you. But, and who? And Glenn Brown. Uh, Glenn Brown, please pray for Glenn. That's uh, Pastor Gus's brother. He is still at Select. He is still being treated there, uh, being made comfortable. Um, There's a possibility he may be going home uh, perhaps later this week on Friday. We'll see. 
uh, but just keep him in prayer as well too, and keep the family in prayer. Um, a lot has been going on with that family over the last few years as far as health issues and, and that type of thing. Okay, uh, that's uh, the laundry list that I had for you to make sure that we're paying attention to uh, areas that where we need to pray for those for praying for the great physician, the healer, to take care of uh, these individuals and heal not just physically but spiritually where it's needed as well too. Let's go ahead and look to the Lord with a word of prayer. We're going to get started. Father, we just thank you for this time that you have given us and set aside for us to just take a deep breath and quiet our souls, quiet our minds, and just have our hearts open up to what your word has to say to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. We just thank you and give you praise, Lord, for your very presence this morning. We thank you for your teaching. We thank you for all that you have done and all you continue to do for us to encourage us, enlighten us, move us to even greater service for you. And just help us, Lord, to continue to love you by being obedient to your word. We thank you, Lord, for all that you teach and all that you will continue to do for us. And we give you the praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. All righty, turn your Bibles and electronic devices to Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. That is our passage for the day, uh, for this lesson. And we, we always want to try to make sure that we're staying in these Bible studies. We've, we've got uh, another Bible study coming up um, on Wednesday, the second Wednesday of the month, which we'll be going back into as well, too. And, of course, don't forget our Zoom Bible study which we do on the fourth Sunday of every month as well, too. And we, we encourage you to stay into the Word as much as possible. I am very, very convicted of the importance of staying in the Word and just staying focused on what the Word is saying. There are way too many things going on right now where there are a lot of distractions, and we need to make sure that we are not uh, allowing ourselves to uh, be distracted from anything other than just focusing on God's Word. And making sure that you're even doing the proper diligence as far as where you're hearing the word from and what's being said. We, um, not everybody who professes to know the Lord Jesus Christ or professes to follow the Lord is actually doing so. And I think that this is why uh, Titus uh, is being challenged by Paul in this particular passage. Let me read verses 1 through 9. And um, it is the New Living Translation. It is a great translation. Um, let's start with verse 1, Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen and to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. Verse 2, this truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. And now, at just the right time, he has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of God, our Savior, that I have been entrusted with this work for him. Verse 4, I am writing to Titus, my true son in the faith, that we share. May God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior, give you grace and peace. Verse 5, I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town. As I instructed you, an elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife, and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. 
A church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Verse 8, rather, he must enjoy having guests in his home, and he must love what is good. He must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message he was taught, and he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. Okay, that covers verses 1 through 9 of chapter 1 uh, of the book of Titus. So let's get into some context here so you'll know exactly what uh, Paul was doing in this conversation, this communication with Titus. You, you probably remember we were introduced to Titus at the end of Second Timothy last week when we were uh, talking about he was being mentioned by Paul uh, during that second letter. This letter was written sometime before he wrote Second Timothy. Um, just to give some context, it was written probably after First Timothy was written and sometime before Second Timothy. And he was trying to give Titus information on a guide on how to work with the churches on the island of Crete. That's where he was assigned. That was his assignment. He was given an assignment to work in that area. Of course, just as we have um, what we call them international workers now in the, in the alliance, missionaries, whatever you want to call them, but they're international workers, they have assignments. And so uh, Titus was being given an assignment on the island of Crete. And Paul had visited Crete with Titus and had left him there to minister. That's what was being said in verse 5. Crete had a very strong pagan influence uh, because this small island may have been a training center for Roman soldiers. So it's always good to know the the context as to what's being presented here when we see these letters. It gives a little bit more meaning to what's being said, and it's more helpful for all of us in understanding exactly what's being communicated when you have that extra context. So I challenge you, if you have a a Bible, a Bible that's a study Bible, to, to look at the, the information in the study Bible to help you to see information like this. So it, because of the fact that there was a lot of pagan influence there, because there was a lot of Roman influence there, it was important for the church in Crete to have strong Christian leadership. Uh, and, and not just Christian leadership, but strong Christian leadership, faithful leadership, leadership that has criteria that is about to be spelled out to us as far as what's going on. Let's go back real quick to verse 1. This letter is from Paul, a slave of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. I have been sent to proclaim faith to those God has chosen. We'll talk about that word chosen in a moment. And to teach them to know the truth that shows them how to live godly lives. So what does it mean to be chosen? Let's start with that. God is being chosen by God. It's the people that God has selected based upon their belief and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. So you are one of God's chosen. That is what's important for you to remember here. He has selected you. He has chosen you. He has sealed you. Um, the blood of Christ cleansed you, made you acceptable to him, and he has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. That reflects how you are chosen. So you are certainly uh, one that is called by God to serve him, and he has given you those things for you to understand that you indeed, in fact, are the choice, uh, his choice, the people who are the ones who are going to be involved in the church, the ones who are involved in the body of Christ, the ones who are involved in his ministry, the ones who are going out into all the world and proclaiming the gospel, Matthew 28, 
verses 18 through 20. That's what you need to understand. And so that is why we are having this communication. This communication certainly is a letter to Titus, but it gives us interesting clues and information that we need to see about how we do go about choosing leadership in our churches and how all people in the body need to take responsibility to select these individuals. And Titus is just being given this to pass on to those people that he has responsibility over. Paul's calling himself a slave of God, one committed to being obedient to God, one being patient, uh, making sure that, you know, allowing God to work in his life. Um, and he is being obedient in doing what? Telling others about Jesus Christ. That is exactly what we need to understand, too. He is being obedient to the Father. He's being obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. He is making sure to communicate this information um, to Titus that he can convey that same information to others as well, too. Now, Paul calls himself an apostle, and we, we recognize that he was not one of the original 12 apostles, but he was appointed by God, specifically called by God, to bring the good news. And he is an apostle because of what? He had direct contact with Jesus Christ, and that makes him an apostle based upon his calling. As you recall, Paul had a very special calling. We won't cover it today, but you can go back and look at Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 16, and look at uh, Saul, who became Paul, his special calling. And we were, one thing that's really important for us to be reminded of, too, when it comes to uh, who God uses. God uses anyone and everyone for the sake of his glory and proclamation of his gospel. And remember, Saul was a murderer. Saul was an instigator to murder others because of his persecution of those people who were following the way. And so it, it was because of this zeal that he had, that he believed he had to protect the church, um, what he thought he was protecting he was, in fact, showing um, that, you know, God said, well, I can use you because you're going to be the one who's going to proclaim the, the gospel in a mighty way for me. And so we, I saw a passage this morning, um, and it's a passage, and I, I'm just blacking out slightly right now on what the passage is. But when God says, my ways are not your ways, or my thoughts are not your thoughts, you cannot predict what God's going to do. He's going to do things that are unexpected, and that applies to your life as well, too. Uh, but you can search that, and you'll know exactly where that is. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are much higher than yours as far as understanding. That is exactly what you need to understand about God. So he chose uh, Paul to convey this word. And the word apostle, by the way, means messenger or missionary. So uh, that is exactly what an apostle is by definition. But we also want to add to that definition. An apostle is a person who has direct contact and communication, had direct contact and communication with Jesus Christ. So there's a finite number of apostles, obviously. And we want to keep that in mind when we look at um, the historical references here in Scripture. Okay. So Paul is giving... Going back to verse 1, because a lot of the material here in this message, uh, this passage here is in verse 1. Paul is giving the insight into his reason for living and ultimately what our reason for living is. is to proclaim the faith to God, those individuals who he has chosen, to teach them to know the truth, show them how to live godly lives. That's a reason and a purpose for living. 
We sometimes try to get clever and cute about a purpose. But ultimately, your purpose is as simple as proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. It starts there. Now, it can expand upon that, obviously. It can uh, deal with your spiritual gifts, what you're good at, what you do best. Um, I, I mentioned my wife uh, very briefly. and She always, <laughs> her head snaps around when I say my wife. <laughs> and she, her, her talent and gift is in, is in illustration. And, and so even if it's not just drawing uh, scriptural passages or, or doing things, her gift is in illustration. And so, but she's living her gift for the sake of what? God's glory, because it's his gift. It is his gift to her. And, and you can look at what your spiritual gifts are and understand that God is enabling you with gifts to be able to do what? Proclaim his glory, to be able to speak on behalf of him, uh, his glory, because these things are, are to be treasured. These things are to be honored. These things are to be shown to other people. You don't keep them to yourselves. This is what your main purpose is. Of course... Whatever your gifts are, it doesn't really matter what the gifts are. The process begins with the proclamation of faith, your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It continues with knowledge of the truth. How do you get knowledge of the truth? You study, you read, you pray for information, you pray for the Spirit to guide you, you pray for wisdom. That's the, the time that you spend in the Word and meditating on it helps you to get this knowledge. And it's shown by others, this is part of the image thing we're talking about, um, investigating the word, meditating on the word, then A, for acting on the word. That's showing people by how you live a godly life. That's what's really important. And just to complete the rest of the image uh, acronym, G for growing in the word and continue to grow because that's the, the Holy Spirit sanctifies you as you move about. And E for endurance because Lord knows we have to endure a lot of different things and, and deal with things that come up in our lives. But Ultimately, uh, Jesus reminded us that there was going to be suffering and we would have to endure it. So living according to God's image involves all of those things, and that is why th those are your reasons for living. That's what it's all about. Amen. Right, Jackie? Amen. We, um, thanks for the, uh, the hand clap there. But that's what we do. That's exactly what it's all about. Paul was trying to get men and women to do what? Be mature. How many times have we heard that word maturity? maturity in Christ. We we must continue to grow in Christ. We have way too many people who stay as babes in Christ and therefore they are ineffective in the body because we, we don't need more babes in Christ. We need more people who are mature. Solid food, taking in more and more, learning more and more and understanding more and more. We need growth. Um, I, I challenge everyone to just stay in the word, stay in the word each day. Um, even as for a little while, just like if you're doing the Bible reading seven to ten minutes, seven to ten minutes a day goes a long way, believe it or not, uh, in your reading. If you just stay focused on that and then use the additional time, that 15 minutes that I mentioned before, to pray and meditate over what you were reading. It goes a long way all day long as opposed to just doing nothing. We have to understand that if we do nothing, we're no further ahead than where we were before. We just need to keep growing and stay in that word at, at all times. And trust in that word, too. That word has a value. So this is what Paul was doing. This is what Paul was giving instruction for Titus and as well as us, too. 
to, to stay true to the word, stay in the word, um, have faith, grow in knowledge, and live a godly life. Uh, there's really nothing more to say than that. It's, it's very clear. So we, we can discuss this when it comes to our church and evaluating opportunities for ministry and what we've been doing. And we kind of have done that over the past year. What opportunities has our, has our church had in ministry? Online, which we had not really done before. And because now we're online, we are expanding our scope for other people who are not even involved with church. Um, we have a podcast. There are people who listen to the podcast. If they subscribe to the podcast, they listen to what's being said in our church. And again, those are individuals that may not be in our church as well, too. So there's even greater expansion to that. Um, what else can we do even within our church itself? Educate. Teach people. Continue to emphasize the importance of education. How important is it for us to just stay in the faith, stay in the word, and grow in knowledge? It has an invaluable meaning to it. Uh, you can't put a price on it. There is no value you can assign to it. So those are things that as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we need to be devoted to these things. We need to be devoted to it and pay attention to these very issues. Now that covered verse one a lot, <laughs> which I which I know that uh, it, it, it and that took almost um, the entire first part of the half hour here to do that. And that's okay because it, it, it really emphasizes what the purpose, first of all, when Paul was communicating with Titus as far as what his purpose was, and Paul communicating why he does what he does, which, which is always very important, uh, people need to sometimes explain their meaning behind things because it creates greater opportunities for understanding. It, greater opportunities for understanding is always important in context here in this passage, knowing why Paul is doing what he's doing. Paul knows why he was called to do what he is doing, and he is telling us why. And he is conveying to us at the very root of our foundation of faith why we should be doing the same thing. If we love Jesus Christ, we should be compelled to get out and speak on his behalf and do those things that he calls us to do through the gifts that he gives us, the time that he uh, tells us to put into it. It's worth the time and effort, and it doesn't matter if you're working or not working, if you're employed, if you have a job in a, a secular employment, you are still working in ministry in that area. I don't care what anybody says. It's There are ways to do that where you are not crossing lines from HR. Amen? Be a good person. Say kind things to people. No one can ever take that away from you. If you are being kind to people, if you are inspiring other people and, and saying that they're doing good work, and you do it with sincerity, you're not doing it to suck up to anybody, for goodness sake. You're doing it because it's a sincere thing to do. That's why you do it. That is how you live a godly life in a secular world. Encourage people. Have conversations with them. Talk to them. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what's happening. The, the Spirit gives you motivation sometimes to speak to people at certain times and just ask them what's going on. You never know what you might get back. Uh, and they may be doing okay, but the fact that you took the time to ask, you'd be surprised how much people don't get asked that question it's from a stranger. You know, it may be someone in the family, and it may, it may not even be in the family, but these are ways you can function in the world today, and you don't have to worry about uh, offending someone. How do you offend someone 
by asking them how they're doing and encouraging them about the great work that they do. You can't offend them, but you can encourage them, and that's really important. Jackie is hard, yeah. Well, you, there's, it's not always easy, and, and it may have to do with, I'm, I'm going to imply that, uh, I'm, I'm going to infer perhaps that maybe it's because of people around you that you have communication with where it's tough. Um, you know what? Sometimes you just have to do it and and just let the let God take care of the rest because ultimately that's what has to happen. I, I, I'm not trying to uh, proselytize to anyone when I communicate with them at work, for example. That is not my role, but I am a supervisor. A supervisor is a person who's supposed to give good guidance to people. And, and genuinely check on the welfare of others, especially over the last year or so, where things were just uh, completely upside down, and we just need to make sure that we're communicating words of encouragement and telling people, you know, thank you for working hard. Say thank you to people. Tell people thank you. We've, we've had messages about that in the past. Say thank you. They don't hear the word thank you very often, and you can be the one to do that. And you just say thankful, again, not to be sarcastic, <laughs> that won't work. Don't be sarcastic about it. Um, say it with sincerity. Uh, say it with genuineness. Say it because Christ is at the underground of what you're saying. You want Christ to be uh, come out to be from being in the underground to being in the forefront. That's what you want. Okay. Now let's go back to verse 2 uh, in Titus chapter 1. This truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life, which God, who does not lie promised them before the world began. Now, why why does he mention who does not lie? Uh, this thing about lying. Lying, apparently, and we'll get to this next week when we look at uh, verse 12 in chapter 1. Lying was a commonplace thing in Crete. <laughs> it, it's, it was really interesting in studying for this. Um, basically, Titus was assigned to a, a church in an area where lying was apparently one of the uh, uh, things that was uh, really taking place a lot. And so Paul is making it clear here that God does not lie, and so the truth is being proclaimed when things are being said. And the foundation of our faith, of course, is the trust in God's character. Amen and amen and amen. God's character has to be at the forefront. So um, to be assigned in an area where people are just spending their time lying is this that much different from uh, when we're exposed to people who are honestly not telling the truth about how they're doing? Probably too. You know, they're 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 living a lie because they want to try to look impressive. And we need to understand that this happens a lot. People will lie early and often sometimes just to not just to deceive people, maybe mislead them, maybe just try to hide something. Um, we need to be up up front with where we are in our faith. And we need to be prayerful as well, too. We need to be vulnerable. That's the word I was looking for. We need to be vulnerable in our faith sometimes, too. Not to the point where you're telling all your business. You don't, you don't need to do that. But you certainly do need to be vulnerable saying that God is still working in me. There's a lot that I need to be worked on, have worked on. We all do. My lovely bride, who I think is as close to perfect as any individual in the world. <laughs> and, and I do think that. But she will readily admit that she has work to do too. She is not perfect, and she and she is uh, she would say that to anybody uh, because she's humble. Uh, humility is really important in this whole uh, picture here. So what's being communicated here by Paul to Titus? God is the truth. 
God is truth. He is the source of all truth. And he cannot lie. It's his character not to lie. So this communication reminding uh, Titus about God tells the truth and does not lie. And I've heard that passage before. I am telling the truth and not lying. I've seen that many times in different passages in different areas where the, the writer, the reader, reader reads, I'm telling the truth and not lying. Uh, because lying apparently was an issue. Uh, that's something we have to see. And goodness knows we are surrounded by folks where lying is commonplace. Amen? Just lie for the sake of lying. You ever been around somebody who lies for no reason? Who lies and just tells lies without um, having a reason to do so? If, if you're around someone like that, that's a chronic issue for that person. You, there is a lack of humility when you're lying for no reason whatsoever. And we need to, a lot of thumbs up there. <laughs> like there's, a, there's a lot of people, apparently, who have been around a lot of people who just lie for no reason whatsoever. And it just keeps going and going. <laughs> but that's my point. You, you know who these people are. It's like, why do you have to lie about something that you don't lie about? It's just, it, it makes you incredulous. But, but there's a character issue in all seriousness with people like that. You've got to be real careful about people like that. There's a character issue going on here. God's character is that he does not lie. And we as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ cannot live lives where our character is in question because we're lying about things we don't need to. Um, be honest about it. Be honest about things. We don't play games. Uh, there's a lot of game playing in this world. I got that. We, people will play games for no reason and and do so to try to look better than who they really are. And I just go back to what it says in Scripture. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory. That's everybody. And there is nobody excluded from that statement except Jesus himself. Um, the only one on earth who was without sin. So if you want to play games with God, then you do so at your own apparel because that's really what it comes down to. Do not uh, play games with God when it comes to lying for no reason. So I say all this to say that God's not lying. He's not lying about this thing about what he calls, refers to as eternal life through Jesus Christ. He is not lying because he keeps all of his promises. And he's going to keep that promise as well, too. Have you ever thought about how much we should give glory to God because he's promised us eternal life? He has gone and said, I've prepared a place for you. There is a place for you waiting for you because you have faith and trust in me. And... That's something that we need to just keep giving praise and, and honor to, to God for having a place to go after we leave here. Amen? Uh, and it's a good place to go, not a bad place to go. It's a very, very good place to be. So that's why we need to trust in the Lord. His word is trustworthy. His word is foundational. Uh, it is something that we always want to keep in mind, too. And he's mentioning about how God does not lie. God... God cannot deny himself. His character will not allow that. He will tell the truth, and he always tells the truth. He is aware of what lies are because he's heard them come from us. And he has dealt with those individuals because of that and just reminded them, you know what, you're, you're not telling the truth. This is something that you need to reckon with. This is something you need to deal with. Uh, he did that with Sarah when uh, Sarah laughed, uh, when, when she learned that she was going to have a baby. Uh, and she was 99 years old, and, and she did laugh about it, and he tried, she tried to deny it, and he said, no, you did laugh. You laughed. Um, so we need to keep that in mind, that he knows our character as well, too. He calls it to our attention. 
It's great to serve a Lord and Savior who does not lie. All right, let's move forward because we've got a little bit more to cover here. Back to verse 3. And now at just the right time, he has revealed this message, which we announce to everyone. It is by the command of God, our Savior, I have been entrusted to do this work, with this work, for him. So, he's referring to God as our Savior, God our Savior, which is Jesus Christ. He also refers to God the Father. So, we also recognize that he is also paying attention to the uh, two of the the two the duo of the triune god the father and the son which are being referenced here in this passage jesus did the work of course of our salvation by dying for our sins and so he's our savior but god planned the work of salvation he is the one who orchestrated that jesus would come to earth uh the the son would come to earth and be in uh living in the flesh to be the eternal sacrifice for this work of salvation and this was for the forgiveness of our sins, that he would die on the cross. So we're seeing the work and the description here of the Father and the Son being described here in verse 3. So that's a reminder for us about, of course, we know that the other person is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus. Remember, he said, uh, when I leave here, I'm going to send you a helper in the Spirit. And we have that reference as well, too, um, in, in the Gospels, that the helper was coming to provide uh, wisdom for all those who trust in the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as Savior. And, he, and that is our seal for all eternity, the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy God that dwells within us. Amen and amen. Okay, verse 4. I'm writing to Titus, my true son in the faith that we share. May God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Savior, give you grace and peace. Remember in Second Timothy, we were talking about the different people who were mentioned but, and, and he wanted to emphasize people who were helpful with him in the faith. And Titus was one of those people. So he was a dependable co-worker, according to Paul. Titus was. Um, he had been to Corinth on some missions as well, too. He was um, there to help the church in its troubles. Take a quick look at 2 Corinthians 7. 2 Corinthians, uh, I got the chapter, well, let me make sure I get the right verse here. Let's see, 7, yes, Second Corinthians 1, I just left out something, verses 7 and 8. Second Corinthians 1, verses 7 and 8. It's helpful to have that extra chapter in there so you'll know where you're looking. Second Corinthians 1. Um, because there were people that were there to help uh, in times of trouble and Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 7 and 8 talks about this. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experience in Asia. Affliction. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength, we despaired of life itself. My goodness. That, when you're despaired that much, and you feel like you want to die, that... That's pretty bad. I mean, there's no other way to look at it. Um, and we need to be always sensitive to people who have really a hard time when it comes to their faith and knowledge. If they are undergoing a great amount of despair, you need to pray for those people and uplift, lift those people up to the Lord as often as possible. Because we, we, need, we see that these people were serving the Lord. These people were actually doing the work for the Lord. And they were being burdened to the point where they thought they, you know, they just wanted to die. That is a very real thing. 
Um, this is all part of this endurance thing we're talking about for believers, too. We all have different ways of things to endure. I, don't, I would hope you would never be like the people who were talked about in 2 Corinthians 1.8. But nevertheless, we do need to pay attention to that. And getting back to what we were referring to here in Titus, Paul and Titus had traveled together to Jerusalem, too. And there are examples of that in Galatians uh, chapter 2, verse 3, and Galatians 1, 5. And that where he was in Crete uh, in, in that passage, too. And so Paul left Titus in Crete to lead the new churches. So basically, uh, uh, Titus was what I would call a, a, a manager of a number of churches in Crete. He was over all of them, and of course, he would have to appoint leaders for each of those churches. So it's important to know the role that he had. It was a very important role. He was over many churches on the island of Crete, not just one church. So that's something that's very important for us to see. He had, Titus had what was deemed to be leadership ability. Um, Paul gave him that responsibility, urging him to use his abilities as well. One of the great challenges that a lot of churches have are people finding people with leadership ability. And, and that's something that we need to pray for as a church because leadership is very, very important when we have people involved with the church and running the church and being involved with uh, the elders, um, the deaconesses. Those are all people who are supposed to have leadership capabilities. These are all things we should pray for as we move forward. If you're looking for things to pray for when it comes to our church future, pray for leaders. Pray for people, not just the pastor, but pray for other leaders too, for other people to emerge uh, within the church as well, too, who do so with humble leadership. Leadership, servant leadership is what we always pray for. That's what we always want to look for. Okay, back to verse 5. I left you on the island of Crete so you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife, and his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. Uh, that was verse 6 as well, too. But let's start with verse 5. So why Crete anyway? First of all, it was a small island in the Mediterranean Sea, but it had a large population of Jews. That's why. The churches there were probably founded by Cretan Jews uh, who had been in Jerusalem at Pentecost, which remember in Acts chapter 2, verse 11, which was about 30 years before Paul wrote this letter. So we see the context here. There were Jews on the island of Crete, and he was ministering to those individuals there. Remember, still surrounded by the pagan society, still surrounded by Romans who were being trained as soldiers. So there was a lot going on there, but we wanted to make sure that paganism did not overrun the churches. That's why Titus was a very important aspect of ministry uh, and Paul's assignment. Um, there was additional work that needed to be completed in those churches to do what? Correct teaching. Remember, in a pagan society, sometimes teaching gets challenged by worldly beliefs. And so we wanted to correct the teaching and appoint elders in every town because we wanted to make sure that there were people who could go to someone in those different little villages and towns that they could refer to who was providing uh, guidance, wisdom, insight, but making sure that it's also correct. When people are going and asking a question, we want to make sure people are asking questions uh, in such a way where it's being answered correctly according to a biblical standard, which is what we would equiv equivocate that to today. So Paul had appointed these elders, and he couldn't obviously supervise these churches. He couldn't go to every church. This was before he was incarcerated a second time. So he had to assign and appoint people to take care of those things. 
The men were chosen to do what? Teach sound doctrine. Sound doctrine. That's what is very important in the church. Now, I'm going to challenge people to always make sure that they are testing what's being said. That includes our church as well, too. Pastor Gus would readily challenge anyone to go back and test the words that are being said. And I, I would say the same thing. Acts 17, 11, be a Berean. Make sure that what is being said is true. There are a lot of churches out there who say stuff that's just crazy. Amen? It's just crazy. It has nothing to do with the word of God. It has nothing to do with following God. If anything, it's about puffing themselves up. Please, please, please remember how important that is because that's what Paul was trying to accomplish here by assigning Titus to the island of Crete, making sure that all the leaders that were being appointed there were doing sound teaching, sound doctrine, maturing spiritually, not just physically, but spiritually, maturing in their faith, equipping them to live for Jesus Christ, and that's in spite of that opposition, the, the pagan society. There's always going to be opposition. If you're living in a, if you're in a pagan area... You're going to have opposition. They're going to just, they'll berate you. They will challenge you that you, in fact, are uh, just not following. You know, you're wasting your time following him. You need to follow what we're doing. So that's very important for us to see here, too. Okay. So I read verse 6. Let's, let's go back to that again real quick and come back to what was going to close us out for today. An elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife. And his children must be believers who don't have a reputation for being wild or rebellious. In verse 7, a church leader is a manager of God's household, so he must live a blameless life. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered. He must not be a heavy drinker, violent or dishonest with money. Back to verse 6, real quick. Elder must live a blameless life. He must be faithful to his wife. This verse has sometimes been misinterpreted. Because it takes into account uh, the issue where it is implying that a, a person who is an elder or whatever, uh, if they if they have a second wife or a third wife, uh, probably might make, might make want to draw the line there a little bit. Um, you have to be faithful, faithful to your spouse. That was the issue in, that is being conveyed here, according to the original interpretation of this passage. Being faithful to one wife means you're not going to have multiple wives. You're not going to have people. You're not going to have girlfriends with you. You're going to have just one wife that you're faithful to. And that's what this passage is referring to. And we need to understand that. So stability is the issue here. You want somebody who is stable. You want somebody who is faithful. You want people to have a reputation where they truly are looking to the Lord. And it does take into account, of course, about how the children are behaving because uh, that is also a sign that if you can't control your household... If you have trouble with your kids because they're just reckless and wild and they're undisciplined, I think the key word is undisciplined. If they're undisciplined, then you're going to have an issue being involved with discipline when it comes to members of your church or people like that. So that's what we need to see here, and that's very important. So verse 8, let's go to this because time is flying by here, and I want to make sure we get going here. Verse 8, rather he must enjoy having guests in his home, he must love what is good, he must live wisely and be just. He must live a devout and disciplined life. He must have a strong belief in the trustworthy message that he was taught. Then he will be able to encourage others with wholesome teaching and show those who oppose it where they are wrong. Why is it important for a, a leader, an elder, uh, that Titus has to find and select for his churches, be a good leader, be a strong leader? Because you're going to be challenged. 
You're going to have challenges that you're going to be facing. You have to be a stable leader. You have to be a person who is devout, disciplined. These appearances are reality, but people pay attention to those things because you want to be a good influence for those who are struggling. And we want to make sure that people look at you and your reputation and say he has a flawless reputation as a church leader. He has to be a one that lives a blameless life, like we said before in verse 7. You can't be a hot shot. You can't be quick-tempered. You can't be arrogant. You can't blow off. You can't drink heavily. You can't be violent or dishonest with money. These are all things that will destroy the character of a person who is being assigned as a leader. We've had many, way too many leaders who have fallen because their character uh, of character flaws, like the ones I just mentioned in verse 7. We need to make sure that we're praying for our leaders praying for our elders, praying for people in the church, praying for our pastors, that they remain strong and faithful and that they live a blameless life because that is what they intend to do. That is what they want to do. But guess what? Satan doesn't want that. There's always going to be uh, opposition to those who want to try to be in leadership, and Satan can attack a church mightily by uh, attacking a leader and causing that leader to stumble big time. Uh, we need to understand that Satan is well aware of the motivation. But you can always pray for protection and a covering over your pastor and over those in leadership because Satan cannot surpass or penetrate God's protection by any circumstance. Cannot do it. So we need to be prayerful in those areas too. And an elder has to enjoy having guests in his home. And that is something that was important in context here, looking at what was being said uh, to Titus and leadership. They had to be known for their hospitality because you have to understand that uh, there were traveling evangelists and teachers. There were traveling evangelists, even uh, people riding on horseback in days, back in the days when we had those traveling pastors. They were riding on horseback going through the countryside, and they were providing for other people as well too, conveying the message of Christ and also speaking to others perhaps who lived in rural areas. Um, traveling pastor thing is a, it was a real thing back in the uh, 19th century. Traveling evangelist, exactly right. So we, we make a mention of this as well, too, um, that it was also something that was very common back at the time uh, of uh, Paul and Titus. Um, we would benefit from inviting people, um, uh, young people to eat, those in need. That hospitality was something that was very important. Now, why is hospitality important? People get lonely. Um, I don't know who Pastor Cooper is, but amen. That's I'm going to assume he was a traveling, um, a traveling preacher, a traveling evangelist, uh, based upon when I when that popped up. But that's the that's the type of thing we're talking about. We need more people like that. People who are willing to sacrifice and uh, be hospitable, uh, have hospitality, uh, go and see people. A lot of people get lonely. We have a very self-centered society. Amen. We have people who. Now, one thing you learned about when you when we learned about uh, being kind of a sheltering in place like we had to do this year, you know, some people figured out, boy, uh, this is pretty good. I don't have to come in contact with anybody if I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> well, the reality is, is that you still need to. Oh, OK. Thank you for the clarification. Mount Zion Baptist. Um, but but. We need to understand that we, we need to make sure we're calling on people. We need to call people. We've mentioned this before. There are people who can get isolated, people who do get lonely, people who have not heard from anyone. Don't assume that people have heard from anybody. Reach out to them. Make sure that you're, you're communicating with them. You don't have to go. Um, yeah. If you're not a, normally 
right. in everybody's face. Pick one person. Yeah, just pick one person. Pick somebody that you that comes to mind. Pick someone that the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Amen. And yeah, that's right. You'll cover everybody. That's the Holy Spirit knows exactly who's calling who or who's doing what. So pick if the Holy Spirit brings someone to mind for you to reach out to. Reach out to that person. Um, that's something that's very important. The elders have the responsibility to try to call and check on everybody, but it's not always possible to do that. So uh, by all means, make sure that we're doing those things, too. And we also need to understand, too, that we do not want to entertain false teachers in the process. So false teachers, false prophets, we don't want anything to do with those. That's in Second John 1.10. We want to make sure that we're avoiding those people. But it doesn't mean that we avoid non-believers we do avoid false teachers but we don't avoid non-believers non-believers don't know uh what's true or false you have to convey what's truth to them and speak that truth so while we avoid false teachers we don't involve we don't avoid non-believers that's something that's very important for us god wants us to be generous he wants us to be courteous he wants us to be hospitable he wants us to communicate with people about their faith and non-Christians need to hear your goodness. They need to hear goodness. They, you need to hear the goodness of God. They need to hear your kindness. They need to hear about uh, perhaps even your generosity. Baking cookies for a neighbor. Wow, you know, how long, how far does that go? And, you know, just little things like that are very important for us to keep in mind. Send a card. Send a card. My wife just said, send a card. Send a card. Um, and that's very important, too. So extend your greetings. Those are things that are tangible that people can put their fingers and hands on. Also very important, too. But he is giving this information for us as a guide. But that's what um, Paul is telling Titus when it comes to his uh, making sure that he is appointing church leaders who truly are uh, managers of God's household, which is what he refers to in verse 7 here in this passage. So that's what we want to uh, see here. So... And, and that's what we, I'm, I'm glad that we covered this particular section. And next week's going to be just as meaty in the last section of Titus, of areas to cover as well, too. Well, we'll kind of pick up, we're going to leave off here. Uh, but you see the importance here of what Paul was doing as far as conveying his credentials and conveying essentially what his purpose is for us. And in that way, we can adopt, borrow from what he is saying about what our purpose is. Um, and our purpose the, the root of our purpose is to glorify God. Amen? Glorify God. How do you glorify God? Speak about Jesus Christ. Speak about it in, in words and actions, saying things that are going to uh, reflect that you're living a godly life for him and you, as you mature in your faith. Amen? Amen. That's what we'll talk about here. And, of course, about the elders, we also know the importance of that maturity for them as well, too. Let's go ahead and uh, pray here. Father, we just thank you at this time for your wisdom and your goodness. I just thank you, Lord, for the power of the Holy Spirit to convey information, to reflect your teaching, reflect your instruction, reflect your very encouragement. And, Lord, there are a lot of things that we don't do right. We just want to give those things to you and ask for you to just forgive us. And, Lord, we just thank you that you forgive us in a moment's notice. When, as soon as we come to you, you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Lord, as we do those things and come to you now, Lord, we pray that you give us what is necessary to continue to live for you, be faithful to you, to trust in you, 
to live according to the character that you live. Telling the truth. Remaining faithful to you. Remaining obedient to your word. We thank you for those teachings. We thank you for those teachings as to why it's important for us to continue to pray for great leadership in the church, too. We pray for our leaders that are there now. We, our pastor, the elders, deaconesses, all those who are serving. We thank you for your servant leadership. And we pray that you'll strengthen them and encourage them as they move forward. And for any future leaders that will be in our midst, we pray for them as well, too. Whoever those people are, Lord, you already know who they are. Because you remind us that your ways are not our ways. Your thoughts are not our thoughts. Thank you for those reminders, Lord. We give you praise and thanks for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, thank you for being here. Uh, We will uh, be heading down to Akron now, and we will catch up with those of you in Akron uh, at church. We are outside today. Uh, Dress comfortably. Dress accordingly. For those of you who are online with us and will not be coming to church in Akron, stay online for Pastor Gus's message. God's blessings come from dreams and visions. He will be on the timeline here on the Akron Alliance Fellowship Facebook page. God bless you all. Take care of yourselves. We love you very much. Uh, Take care, and we'll see you next time.